Welcome to the Small Town View podcast, hosted by Lynette Clark and Jackie Welch, where community is strength and unity is power. We are Randolph County United. Today, we have Mike Huber from Union School Corporation, the superintendent, joining us on the show. Mike has worked for Union School for the past 11 years and has been superintendent for the last five. He has a bachelor's and two masters from Ball State University and Indiana State. His wife, Amber, also works in education, teaching first grade. Mike and his wife are dedicated to serving the youth in our community. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, Mike, we just like to start with a super easy question. Okay. So, we just want to know, what is your coffee order? I usually take mine with, like, basically black with maybe one cream. Nice. I'm not really big into sugar. And I'm all just that glad you're stuff. coffee drinking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, you know, we've been to, my wife, you know, she's not really a coffee drinker either, but we go to Starbucks and kind of teaser because it's it's more like dessert coffee I guess yeah uh, the frappuccino with all the syrup and everything so yeah those aren't coffee that's dessert in a cup it's right. basically yeah. a milkshake yes yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> for sure it's a milkshake yeah definitely so tell us something interesting about yourself that maybe most people wouldn't know I, I guess and I'll probably come back to this as, as we talk about different things but when I was younger probably from the time I was about 10 to 12 years old somewhere in there I was really set on being a movie director. Most people don't know that because there's really no connection between movies and, and <laughs> education at all. But, you know, I, I really loved watching movies. And, you know, the way I kind of watched movies when I was younger was a little bit different than just getting kind of lost in, in the moment. So, you know, I went to school at Wright State uh, University for, I only lasted like maybe five days there because I, I tried getting into their movie production program. Okay. I was paying out-of-state tuition. It was extremely expensive. And oh, they sure. told us all, you know, the very first day of classes, we're sitting in this this huge room, and it's, you know, standing room only. People are in the hallway. They said they had about three times as many people going out for that major as they anticipated. So they were making cuts. Like, day one, you needed to submit scripts. You needed to submit, like, actual movies that you produced and things. And my thought was kind of like, you know, that's why I'm here, just to learn this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, left, called my parents. And I was like, you know, I, I think maybe this was a mistake. I should have went to Ball State, withdrew, went to Ball State the next semester. And then, you know, as a TCOM major, really loved doing that. That's something that I, I was really passionate about. Went mm-hmm. to California, visited movie studios and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I started working on a... Uh, an independent film through Ball State, and I just absolutely hated every second of it. Oh, it just, man. It was <laughs> not at all, you know, what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, with that kind of uh, a career aspiration, there really isn't anything, you know, local where you could really kind of talk to somebody or go, you know, mm-hmm. visit, you know, in, in yeah. that actual uh, environment and see what it's really like. So, you know, and then I, I kind of changed gears a little bit. I was always good with math, good with numbers and money and things like that. So I thought maybe accounting business, um, but really kind of found a niche working with kids and then just kind of went the the counseling and education path. And then I was, I was really encouraged uh, over my career by other, you know, administrators, whether mm-hmm. principals or superintendents that I was, you know, friends with that yeah. really encouraged me to get into administration. So and that's that's how I got here, I guess. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't know until you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how I was. I, I was set on being a dentist. I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. I thought that I would like it. And I did. I like the science behind it because I've always been a little bit of a nerd with science. Yeah. I uh, At one point in time, I thought about being a doctor, but I think I got talked out of it because of, I, I think I talked myself out of it because of all the 
you know, additional schooling and, yeah. and everything it's that was implied, or included. And, and then, you know, obviously in, as a superintendent, there's a lot of extra schooling. So it, it wound up being about the same amount of time in school. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I could have been a doctor, I guess. So I'm similar in that because I'm just now finishing my bachelor's and most people my age are, have their master's or, you know, something yeah. crazy. And I, I could have been a, graduating with a, my dental degree now, but I'm actually graduating <laughs> with my bachelor's degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah there you for go. sure. So can you tell us some details about Union and what you think uh, makes you guys unique at your school? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, everybody who knows Union knows that we're small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're a pretty tight-knit community, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of teachers that, that spend a, a great deal of time really pouring support into our kids, not just from an academic standpoint, but also from a, a social-emotional perspective. You know, we do a lot of community support. You know, we we do like on Fridays, we send home lunch bags with kids who uh, may need extra food over the weekends, things like that. We have a a rocket closet in the school um, filled with clothes and and we are kind of busting at the seams in in terms of having more clothes and, and donations than we probably need right now. So but that's a that's a great problem to yeah, have. Yeah, that's awesome. That is um, awesome. But we're also trying to partner some different agencies uh, in the area, trying to develop a, a food pantry as well. We kind of have a a makeshift version of that that we've kind of done ourselves. But having a, a a program that's you know reputable and, and established that can kind of come in and um, you know really improve on that would be great. I think we also. It's kind of surprising to people, I think, the number of courses and, and opportunities that we offer our kids to for as small as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously, a lot of people in the county know that we have a virtual program. Mm-hmm. People either love it or they hate it. You know, it, it is what it is. But I, I think for us, it's it's been a, a huge asset and a huge tool for our kids. Um, through that program, we're able to offer a lot of different dual credit, um, mm-hmm. you know, over 30 dual credit classes. We're able to offer, um, or credits, um, we're able to offer, you know, a lot of different CTE pathways that we wouldn't be able to offer. Otherwise, you know, we can offer criminal justice. We can offer, um, you know, medical coding. There's there's oh, just cool. a lot of things that we offer through that that have, have really helped us, um, you know, meet the needs of our kids in the building. You know, as, as far as in building, our, you know, our class sizes are smaller. Uh, we average... If you take into account all of our faculty, we're about 11 to 1 uh, faculty to student ratio. So again, we're, we're really able to meet the needs of our kids, I think, a lot better. Through COVID, we found that loss of instruction over those two years really hurt us, oh, uh, just yeah. like it did everybody. It affected sure. so many things. So we were able to use some, some ESSER funds to uh, create a new school counseling position, uh, a language writing interventionist, uh, math interventionist. So we've we've got a lot of people that are, are willing to, you know, kind of jump in and help out with the kids. So, awesome. uh, and for our, you know, for the number of kids that we have, uh, to have two school counselors is, is pretty incredible. Um, that is incredible. You know, I, I think the average ratio uh, or the suggested ratio is like maybe 300, 400 to one. And oh, we're wow. about, yeah, we're about. That's a lot. For that one is a lot. <laughs> and we're about 125 to one. So that's, or 130 to one, I guess. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. I mean, yeah, that, that is a good. It sounds one. like you're taking care of the student as a whole. Yeah, right. More than just the academics. You're yeah. Really yeah, helping them as a whole as a person. Yeah, and that's that's important. It for sure. Because I mean, for a lot of kids, school is their safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where they get their meals and they know they're taken care of. And 
I mean, we need we need more places like that in the world. Yeah, yeah. I really care. And, and I think the you know the the more we start to focus on the mental health aspect of people, uh, whether you know our youth or you know adults, uh, we're starting to realize that that's a really crucial part of yeah. you know the development of people and 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 our, our success you know as a community too. So we're we're really trying to work hard on doing that. I agree that I think breaking down the stigma around mental health at a young age and making them comfortable talking about that is super important Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes a lot of maybe anxiety and depression sometimes starts at a young age, but they're too afraid to tell anybody, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, or I think sometimes I get that stigma as you're a teenager, you're just being sad or being dramatic, but they actually need an outlet to reach someone to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And that's huge to be able to present that to them at a young age, let them know that it's okay to not be okay, that we can help you get through it. Yep, That's important. So Union School District is a small rural school that comes with its own set of challenges. Can you kind of explain the challenges of being um, a small rural school? And Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, resources. Uh, there's a, a lack of resources sometimes in, in our community. You know, I... I I'm working with a, a group in Delaware County through Ball State uh, that's very similar to, to what we're doing mm-hmm. in, in Randolph County with the the internship project. And it's for us, it's it's kind of difficult to find those partnerships in our area because there there really isn't a robust amount of um, you know employers. Yeah. Uh, so for us specifically, that that causes a, a unique challenge for us. Um, to try to find those community partners. So a lot of times we have to seek outside of our actual school district. Um, yeah. And sometimes you've, you know, you've got some people that are very loyal to the the district in which they, you know, reside in. So, you know, sense. us going to, you know, say a Winchester or something like that, they may already have partnerships with Winchester Community Schools. And, you know, so that that creates some, some challenges for us, uh, for sure. So are there things that as a community we could do to help combat that problem? Well, I, I, in my opinion, I, I think it's it's kind of a a mind shift, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Um, that you know, if we're helping all in Randolph County, then all of Randolph County benefits from that. Um, That's true. You know, I, I think Modoc and and LaSantville are smaller towns, even within a you know a, a smaller county. You know, as as far as population size goes. But there's still a lot to offer there, and and I think if if we can use the resources that we have and and really kind of p- like pick up our park and mm-hmm. our softball diamond, you know, mm-hmm. create some opportunities for kids to be uh, more active and more engaged within the community and have things to do there, uh, I think that just you know benefits the area. But a lot of times it takes outside outside resources to to help you know facilitate that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean that that is a challenge. I think sometimes we get in our own silos and mm-hmm. yeah. we yeah. we don't think about someone just right down the road from us. Right. And mm-hmm. I we'll talk about this in a little bit, but with the internship program, that's why it was so important for us to bring it countywide. Because yeah. we want all of our students to have the same opportunities and for it to not just because if you're in a different town or a different location, we didn't want that to be a barrier for any of our students. Yeah. And I think for us too, we we have a lot to offer our kids, and we have a lot of, uh, especially you know, more of the the blue collar or vocational mm-hmm. type programs um, that I th- I think would align themselves very well with a lot of businesses in the oh, area. Yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes they're just not aware of what we offer because we're further away. So I think that's where, you know, our challenge is to get that message out 
to others, not just people who are attending our school, but to you know the county and and uh, surrounding counties as well. I agree. Yeah. So research shows that we are training students for jobs that we have yet to learn exist as technology changes. Um, how is Union preparing students for those future jobs? Yeah, so, I mean, I think future forecasting is always a difficult thing. It um, is. <laughs> you know, I, I know when, when I was in college, I think, um, you know, there was a big concern about a shortage of teachers. Um, yeah. So a lot of people went into the education profession. They went to college to be a teacher. And then we ran into a time frame there where we had an overabundance of applicants for the number of jobs that we have. Yeah. And then I think those people left and went into other professions. And now we're kind of back into that other realm of we need more teachers. So, you know, it's it's a it's always a cyclical thing. It's it's difficult to predict all the yes. time. Um, I think so what we try to do is is focus on some more universal skills that I think are are really important for our kids. You know, one of the things that we we do a lot of is uh, professional development with teachers. We do that you know, monthly, sometimes more than once a month, you know, mm -hmm. every other week, so some uh, to some extent. But what we're doing this year, what we started doing and what we're going to do next year is uh, more of a student professional development. Oh, so nice. we're, oh, we're trying awesome. to focus on one day. Uh, right now it's one day per quarter. Next year we're going to do one day per month where it may not be the entire day, but mm -hmm. we're um, it could be a half day where we're bringing all the kids together, breaking up in groups. And we're doing, you know, different lessons on leadership, uh, communication, um, you know, a lot of things that our Leader and Me program uh, kind of guides us into doing. And our hope is that through working on those things and emotional intelligence and things, they're they're better prepared to be an adult. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot a lot of the conversations that I hear from different business officials is, you know, those soft skills, work right. ethic, yep. attendance you know, being on time, those kind of things. So we're, we're really trying to focus on that with those, with those PD sessions mm -hmm. um, and the importance of it. And then also trying to, to teach our kids to be more resourceful. Uh, I think that is a, a skill that can really determine a lot of people's success. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know everything there is to know about being a superintendent. I probably never will. But I'm resourceful enough to know when I need assistance or uh -huh. I need to find someone else to help guide me on how to make a decision and, and surrounding myself with a team of people who can, you know, provide that help. And it's, it's really those conversations that I think help me make better decisions. Uh, and I think it's the same thing in, in just about every, you know, business or, or sector um, that if, if you have people around you that you can go to when you need help, and it doesn't just have to be work, but, you know, family, mm -hmm. you know, right. social situations. Exactly you know, transfer to other areas of life. I, th I think that's just, you know, very vital for our kids. We also, you know, I know a lot of the focus is going to be on, you know, technology, you know, that that's definitely coming. Um, I think our virtual program, whether people like it, understand it, um, you know, that's, that's just uh, something that I think is going to be here forever. Uh, dealing, you know, working in a, in a virtual world. And I think the way that our classrooms are set up, we use the virtual aspect of education a lot. So I think it better prepares our kids to understand how to use computers and, and be ready for that. Um, so. Yeah. I love the leadership skills and like the soft skills because those just really, they work in any industry, wherever you yep. end up, you need those, right? Yep. That's what makes a great employee or a leader, whatever they decide to do. Yeah. Yep. I think going back to, we don't know what jobs 
there's going to be 10 years down the road as technology changes, but we do know that you need to be dependable and reliable. Right. And like you said, be resourceful, you know, be willing, be a growth learner, like always yeah. learning. And if, at least if you can teach them that foundation, then they could really do whatever they wanted to the rest of the right. time. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. could, they could figure it out. If they had that foundation, no matter what the job is, they, if they have those skills, then they're going to be somehow prepared for it. So I think, I mean, that's super important, just those basic skills. And I mean, with what you guys are doing, Randolph County United supports that. And if you need our help, let us know. And yeah. We can come in and be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's you know just starting that conversation and really trying to get our our parents to understand how vitally important those skills are as well. You know, I, I was in a meeting the other day with um, you know some of the the Randolph County superintendents, and I, I think it was you know Winchester superintendent that was talking about a new program about how parents can talk to their kids you know mm-hmm. at home. Uh, when they're young and how, you know, they're they're always learning and how yep. that's always, uh, you know, inter, inter, or every interaction really kind of influences our kids. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, trying to to teach our, our parents the value of that as well, just so that we're, we're kind of attacking it from both different levels, I think is, is going to be important for our kids too. Yeah, that's something we started this year with my son. He's in first grade. And he has a little a checklist that he goes through in the morning to make sure that he has everything ready for school. So, like, he's in charge of making sure he goes to the snack counter and getting the snack he needs for the day. And just, like, little things like that, just teaching him to be responsible in the mornings. Because mm-hmm. I want him to take pride in, like, I know where my items are at. Like, I know where my computer is for school. Because I think last year, I mean, kindergarten's rough, I think, on everybody. <laughs> You're just trying <laughs> to figure it out. Last year was, I can't find my charger. I can't find this. So this year we're really trying to prepare him and that way he's responsible for those items. And it's it's made our mornings easier. But yeah. then I also, I've noticed him last year, he would panic if he couldn't find his water bottle or something. But now he's like, oh, I can't find my water bottle. So I'm going to retrace my steps. and Or oh, he'll find another water bottle. Like he'll figure out something. Yeah. And I just think, I mean, I don't, parents don't sometimes realize those little things that you're doing with your kids are actually setting them up for the future. Mm-hmm. And those skills grow every year. Oh, yeah. Like as they mature yeah. and as they take on more responsibility, we're actually teaching them things for their future like workforce. I mean, there yeah. are things that my parents did with us that I hated as a kid, but it taught me responsibility and it taught me, mm-hmm. you know, to be in charge of myself and, you know, it taught me how to be a good person. Yeah. 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 Well, and that mental toughness too of, you know, dealing with adversity and, and you know overcoming those those situations um especially as as a youngster really builds you to Mm -hmm. be a a more resilient adult um so trying to you know teach our kids the that they have been resilient i think sometimes you know people don't quite understand that they they have been more tough than they think they have or that they Uh uh, have certain skills because they just see the you know the negative side of things and trying to flip their mind to show that, well, yeah, this happened, but here's how you responded and here's how you've improved because of that situation. Yeah. And I think when you change that mindset to seeing that there's a positive outcome from negative situations, that you start to learn that, okay, this is a, a another growing opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's how, if I handle it this way, like I have previously, I'll be more set up for success in the future. And, and no person that I have ever met has had a quote unquote, perfect life where they no. haven't had challenges and they right. haven't had some of those things. Nope. So trying to get kids to to understand that that's just part of life and that there are ways to cope with those mm-hmm. situations. 
and, and I think if, if parents are on board with that and they're kind of going through that process as well and being there to, to be supportive um, when they're young, it's it just you, you're setting them up for more success down the road. We have a yeah. saying in our house. I always tell my oldest that you can do hard things. It's really right. simple. It's just mm-hmm. you can do hard things. Yeah. And I was super proud of him a couple of weeks ago because he got a pride award. Um, he oh, goes cool. to Baker. I love that. And it was in perseverance. And it was for his reading and stuff that before I don't know the word, I'm just going to give up. And he would get upset about it. But I would just constantly, you can do hard things. You can do yeah. hard things. And he that's what he told me. He brought home the paper. And he said, I can do hard things. And I was just super <laughs> proud of that because. I just, I think, you know, you should celebrate those those little victories with your kids and just be consistent and be encouraging. And, um, you know, parents, you know, join along when your kid's learning, because if they see that you're participating in it, then they're going to also want to participate in it. But the the way that you phrase that changes the way that they view that situation, too. Because I know how easy it would be for someone to say, you know, instead of you can do hard things, saying something like, this isn't that hard. Yeah, and that's to that huge. kid, you mm-hmm. can put that's to them. That's almost putting them down. That well, if this isn't hard, but it's hard for me, then yeah. I'm not smart enough, or I'm yeah. not this. By but by saying you can do hard things, you're kind of accepting the fact that this is hard for them, but they can still do it. And it's more yeah. of an encouraging comment. So a, a lot of those changing the way that we phrase things uh, to people uh, really has a, a, a profound impact on on the outcome of situations for them. It does. I think about the book that Steve James talks about is sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. You never lose. You, It's just a life lesson that you mm-hmm. learned. And yeah. sometimes you have to learn the hard way. And right. sometimes it's easier <laughs> than it is others. Mm-hmm. But I just getting away from that stigma that you either are a success or you're a failure because you you never really succeed without experiencing some sort of failure in your life. Yeah. It just, yep. that's a part of life. You got to get up, dust yourself off and do it again. Yeah. Keep going. So one thing that makes Randolph County School so unique is the collaboration between all five of the different school districts. So how do you collaborate with other superintendents in the area? Well, so we're on a lot of different committees together. Um, So, you know, when we're sitting in those rooms, uh, a lot of times we'll share information that um, either is coming from the state or something Mm -hmm. that's coming locally, uh, different projects that are going on. Um, You know, I I know there's been... um, you know, with our vocational program uh, through Newcastle, uh, it's kind of nice because I get a different perspective um, mm-hmm. from things dealing with superintendents that are in Henry County, Wayne County. Um, and then, you know, we also have the the study council meetings at Ball State once a month. And so getting that opportunity to talk to superintendents there as well. So I, I do think there's a, a very um, tight-knit group within uh, superintendents that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we – we tried not to operate in silos like we talked about before, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we, we try to help each other out. And One of the cultivating community initiatives, and uh, Lynette mentioned this earlier, is the county internship program. What impact has that program had on union schools? Uh, so we have a student that is uh, currently interning um, with one of the businesses that uh, is associated with that, uh, Frank Miller Lumber. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I talked to him about it and, um, you know, he seems to enjoy it. I, I know in, in talking with uh, Frank Miller Lumber, you know, their their salespeople and, and their representatives that come to the meetings, you know, I think it's been a, a very um, good experience for them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, I think the last conversation I had, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it seems like if, if things continue to go the way that they are, that those students will wind up getting an, a full-time offer yep. uh, into those positions, which that's, that's the whole point, you know, yeah. in my opinion. And, and I think, again, going back to, and this isn't just unique to union, but 
uh, I think our, our kids don't always know what opportunities are out there. Yeah, and so sure. exposing them to the opportunities that are available is huge. It is. Um, but two, like, so the, the internship mindset or, or framework of that is really important to me for a couple different reasons. Um, so I, when I was, my first year in education was in Muncie Community Schools. And I remember we had a student that was a first grader and reading and math were very difficult to him. And, you know, he just wasn't the typical traditional type of a student. But that student could take apart a toy, a, a remote control car, anything of that nature, uh, and put it back together. And it worked just as well, if not better than it did before. That's a very unique skill set that a kid has that isn't traditional and isn't something that we really try to develop as, uh, as a, an educational institution mm -hmm. because it's not math, it's not reading, it's not writing, science, social studies. It's, it's not a traditional subject. So for me to find ways to, to tap into a market or an environment for your non-traditional type student, your kid that's not necessarily a college-bound kid or that needs something different um, than the classroom setting, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all in favor of that because I think that's, you know, those kids are just as important as any yeah. other kid. Uh, and we need to find opportunities that engage them as well. The other part of it is, you know, when I think back to stories that, you know, my parents would talk about when they were in school and uh, how different things were back then versus now, um, you know, my, my dad is probably one of the most successful people I know. And he was not a very, and he, and I mean, I can say this because I know I've said it about him in front of his face um, and he has no problem with it, but he was not a very good student. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've seen report cards where he was, you know, a D student, um, but when he was in high school, uh, it was very different. They had more of a vocational mm -hmm. mindset for kids. So he went to school through uh, like his freshman year, sophomore year, he started doing vocational classes. And then really by the time he was done with high school, he already had been working for a year for a company. He had gone through this, you know, vocational program by the time he was done with his junior year. Uh, and then he was out working. And then that turned into him starting his own business and doing mm -hmm. really well for himself. And while I know not every kid who goes through that has that success story of owning their own business and things like that. Right. And my mom really helped out a tremendous amount on that side because she was good with the math and the accounting mm -hmm. and everything. So it was a good, um, you know, team effort. We don't, I, I don't think we focus on that part enough. And I think this is a great opportunity to get kids into that world where, you know, we're not just, okay, you're done with high school. You're on your own. Go yeah. have That's at scary. it. But we're, we're trying to set them up with success and, and not saying that we need to be job recruiters, but trying to give them opportunities or at least um, awareness, uh, or awareness of the opportunities yeah. that, are, that are out there. And then I think too the the other side like like I was talking about with me being a movie right. being a movie director, yeah, that's what I was going to say avoiding that yeah. circumstance where if I want to go into accounting I can go work for any business really that has an accounting department yeah. and really kind of see firsthand what it's like to be in that world and if that's not for me now I know when I go to college, I need to find something else. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm going straight out of high school into the job market, I know to avoid that type of a job yeah. rather than setting yourself up for 
either failure or um, just a level of unhappiness because now I'm, I feel like I'm stuck in a career that yep. I really don't like and I really don't right. want to be in. Yeah. So if we can give them that exposure early on, uh, I think that's great. Um, you know, I'm, uh, my wife's cousin, he's the uh, president of a company and we were talking and, uh, and he's been trying to help us out with our initiative through Ball State. And his mindset, and, and they're kind of a, a software development company. Mm -hmm. They okay. write code and, and things like that. So he needs people who can do that. And I think he's of the mindset too that you don't always have to have a college degree for a job that a lot of people think you have to have a college degree mm -hmm. for. And that, you know, if you develop those skills early enough and if they can get get you in working with their company and their people, then there's that more, um, or there's more time for you to be able to develop those skills the way that they want them to rather than, well, this is how the college says I'm supposed to do it. Then you go into the workforce yeah. and it's completely different. And that's something too that I think we would like to start doing and kind of go back to the, the support from the community and, and those kind of things. I would love for opportunities for our teachers and myself included to visit different businesses mm -hmm. and see how they conduct themselves, how they are, um, you know, for example, if they're a welding company or they do welding, we go there, see how they weld and then go back to our school and see if we're teaching them techniques and skills that are going to be transferable mm. to that. Yeah. Because if they're not, then we're, we're really wasting time by yeah, teaching them important. a certain way. And then they go into the workforce and then they're having to retrain them. Right. Like I want, when our kids leave our school to go to an employer, mm -hmm. that the employer can be proud of us that, uh, or say that, you know, union gets their kids ready to go right into the workforce and they're ready to go. I don't have to train them. I don't have to, you know, go through, um, uh, you know, making sure that you're in attendance, mm -hmm. making sure that you can communicate, making sure that you are dressed appropriately. Like I want to have all of that done and, and tackled before they get to that job. Yeah. That's, that's, that's impressive. My goal. I mean, yeah, that's really good. I love it. I think more schools and I mean, even employers need to consider that. Yeah. How can we connect with those youth and really prepare them for the jobs that we have to offer? Yeah. Okay, so the next section of our podcast is called our rapid fire questions. Okay, okay? so um, Mike has not seen these, so they're just kind of fun. Whatever comes to your mind, right first to help the audience get to know you a little bit okay. better. Um, so the first one up is a book that you think every leader should read. Ah, <sighs> um, you know, honestly, I'm I'm not a big reader of books. I I, I think I read enough with like educational things, um, <laughs> yeah. different, you know, bills that come through and stuff like that. So um, I, I, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the one that it wasn't, I didn't read it. So I, I'll have to be transparent. <laughs> um, it was more of an audio book on my way to and from home. I, I can't remember what the title of it was, but it was, um, they were talking about like, like building different strategies for success. So part of the, uh, there was a, a section about Tony Dungy and, you know, when he was the head coach at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and um, that they didn't really do anything, you know, extravagant with like that was very unique or different with their, their approach to football. It was mm -hmm. just, we're going to practice and practice and practice until this becomes routine so that it just mm -hmm. becomes oh. second nature. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more instinctual to do things a certain way. What accomplishment are you most proud of? Work or personal? It's totally up yeah. to you. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll do one of each. So okay. <laughs> um, my, my proudest achievement is always going to be, I think, you know, the success that I see in my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, um, we had a very difficult time, um, the road to her being here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she's nine years old and mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I was working at Union. I was a, a principal at the time and um, I was in a, a case conference, I think, and it was after school and uh, we finished the meeting and I walked out and I had like 14 missed calls, like a bunch of, you know, voicemails and things. And um, I, I finally got far enough away from the school because we were kind of a dead zone when it right. comes oh, to cell yeah. signal. Um, and, and I was able to listen to the uh, the voicemails. And my wife, who's pregnant at the time, she wound up uh, having an episode at, at the school, and they had to take her to the to the hospital and stuff. And we were out, uh, or we were at the hospital for probably four or five days, I think, something like that. Maybe it was three or four. And they they never really did find out what happened. But then you know, fast forward. Um, we had to go to the doctor routinely now. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it was she was kind of high risk. And um, so then she was born and she we had some complications prior to her birth. And then once she was born, everything was fine. And then my wife had some complications afterwards. And uh, fortunately, her doctor was uh, quick enough to intervene. And, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards, he told us that he was um, that they hadn't lost somebody during delivery and like, I don't know, it was like 12 years or something. And wow. he wasn't so certain that that day they weren't going to oh lose her. Gosh. So it was, it was pretty intense. That is intense. So anytime like she's doing, you know, she does competitive cheers, she plays volleyball. Uh, so anytime I see her, you know, working hard and, and, um, you know, just having fun, that's, that's a huge achievement for me. Uh, Cause I just enjoy, you know, being mm-hmm. around her and, and, and having those experiences with her. I would say work wise, you know, it's small victories for me uh, yeah. are the important ones. Um, I remember a kid that um, I worked with when I was a school counselor in Eaton, uh, at Eaton Elementary School. And um, he had been there for a while, like since kindergarten. I think it was in like third grade by the time I was working with him. And, you know, he had a, a hard life. Um, it wasn't ideal. He was kind of passed between uh, dad, um, grandma, mom. There was a bunch of I mean, he just never really had a stable environment. And it, it took a while. It took about six to seven months before I was able to kind of break down that that wall. And then we got to the point where, you know, his grades started doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, he was looking forward to school. I would wait for him. I split between two schools, Albany and Eaton. But on the days that I was at Eaton, um, you know, I would go out and wait for him to get off the bus and uh-huh. Uh, he would always come up and say hi and, um, you know, just doing things like that to try to set his day up better. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think just it, it really for, for a lot of kids, I think it's just it's small things like that that really make a huge impact. You know, going back to my daughter, she had a vo- her very first volleyball tournament uh, this past weekend. And, and I remember walking in. I was trying to – they had, like, been doing warm-ups and stuff like that. I think I went out to use the restroom, came back in. And I was um, walking up to her thing, and I don't think she saw me originally. And then when I sat down, she saw me, and I, you could just tell that there was a change uh, in her face. She was face. super uh-huh. excited yeah. over there. And I really wish that a lot of parents would be more mindful of that or pay more attention to that. So when you're at a kid's event, um, you know, put your phone down. Yeah. Pay attention I to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just want you in the moment. They just want you present. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can do that for them, it, it just opens up so many doors for the kids. Yeah. 
They need to know somebody cares and they're yeah. not, someone's watching them. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, one statement you would say to your 12-year-old self? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I think everybody has those insecurities. You know, am I doing the right thing? Am, am I, mm-hmm. you know, am I working hard enough? Am I good enough for this? Those kind of things. And, and I think going back to my 12-year-old self, you know, there was a lot of moments of, you know, during that adolescent time of mm-hmm. self-doubt and things like that. And um, just that you're going to be all right. You know, you're yeah. going to make it. Uh, I think that's a hard time for every kid. It is. Um, and I think a lot of times kids don't quite grasp that what they're dealing with as a teenager is not like the end of yeah, everything. Yeah. Or it's that only it's, temporary. If you have a, right. Yeah, if you have a, a breakup with your you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, when you're 14, 15 years old, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of time to, to find that person or, you know, to, to figure out where you want to go in life. Uh, you don't have to have all the answers when you're when you're young. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I still don't know if I want to be a superintendent until retirement. So. <laughs> well, I think we'll back to like things that I was so upset about as a teenager that now I'm like, what in the world? Like, why was I so mad about that? Or like, why was that the end of the world? It really wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I survived. And yeah. it's okay to not know things um, and to, you know, go through life trying to figure things out as mm-hmm. it comes. Um, you know, I'm kind of a planner, so uh, yeah. that was always kind of difficult for me. Um, yeah. But I, I think when you, you just, you know, you kind of do things on, uh, you know, from a more spontaneous uh, aspect, sometimes that's that's fun too. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What is your favorite place in Randolph County? Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably gotta be our school. Um, you know, I spend a, a great deal of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see a lot of the, the hard work and effort that a lot of our people put into our kids. And um, I just, I see a lot of uh, very important moments that mm-hmm. take place there. Um, a lot of um, things where I, I notice that kids start to feel comfortable, where kids start to feel safe, where they start to feel that there are people that support them and, and have expectations for them and, and see a future for them. And I think that's, that's just really important. That's very important. Cool. So Wix Pies is known, you know, for Randolph County mm-hmm. um, being here. So we always ask, like to ask this fun question of if you could only eat one Wix pie for the rest of your life, what flavor, what kind would it be? Um, I like their, um, what is it? I can't remember what the, it, it's the apple with the, is it apple crumb? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that has the yeah. crumb top. That's a yeah, good one. That's that's probably my favorite, yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. That's a good one. I, no my, one said that one yet. My yeah. father-in-law's a big sugar cream pie. Uh-huh. I, I can't do it. I don't, I'm not a... It's very sweet. It's, it is. It's, yeah. It's sweet. It's good, but it's sweet. I, I don't know. That one's not for me, but... And I'm not a big <laughs> pumpkin pie fan, so apple's usually a, a pretty solid choice for me. Yeah. Yep. With ice cream or without? With. Yeah. yeah. Heated yeah. with ice heated, cream on yep, the top. So you got to have it heated <laughs> with ice cream. That one's good. Yeah. Go a funny story about apple crumb pie. Um, <laughs> so, I and I, I think, I believe it was a, a Wix pie, um, but... Um, my uh so my my sister-in-law uh she's no longer with us but uh i still like to tell the story because it's pretty fun um she we my wife and i uh, were living in an apartment and um she was up in town and um we had the the pie sitting out i think we had like a thanksgiving thing or a christmas mm-hmm. something the next day 
and um, she she had cancer, and so she was on a lot of different kind of medications and stuff like that. And um, and I can I feel like I can tell this story too because when she was around, I would tell it to her and, <laughs> or tell people about it, and she thought it was funny. Um, but she uh, she took some some medication to help her sleep, but sometimes she would sleepwalk. <laughs> And her husband would always uh, give her a hard time because he would sometimes get these random packages from Amazon or other <laughs> oh places. My God. And so she was a, a sleep shopper too. <laughs> um, so she would get online and she would shop, you know, in the middle of the night. Um, but one time when, when they were over, um, it, she got up and uh, she went, I think we were still watching TV or something, and she went into the kitchen and um, – I, I mean, we got to talk and watching TV and everything. I, I completely forgot that she was out there. Went back to bed. The next morning we went out there and like the whole apple crumb pie uh, was eaten. Like she <laughs> ate it in her sleep while she was sleepwalking. So it was it was really good. Um, so she, she said she enjoyed it. <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah. Sleepwalk and eat sleep apple shop, pie. Sleep, eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be in so much trouble. <laughs> Maybe I should start saying that. Oh, I did that when I was asleep. Maybe mm, that yeah. would actually make it yeah, better there you for go. me. Yeah, sorry about the Amazon package. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming over today and yeah, um, meeting me. with us and telling us more about Union and just what you guys are doing and all the good things. So we're happy yeah. to have you in our community and yeah. be a part of that. Well, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to a Small Town View podcast. We encourage you to subscribe and follow us on any of the major podcast sites, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Google. We also want you to reach out and follow us on our social media. Randolph County United has a Facebook and Instagram along with a YouTube channel. We hope that you will keep learning, keep growing, and as always, be amazing.